and welcome to the Track Talk Podcast. It's been ages since we last brought you an episode and I'm joined today by Charlotte. How are you? I am very, very well. Thank you very much. Uh, I've missed you very much, Dan. Missing Jay. We need Jay back. We do. Um, I'm sure he'll be back for the review. Because, um, yeah, we need the Track Talk trio back, man. We do, we do. Sorry it's been so long since we brought you an episode. We've all been doing a variety of different things. Charlotte has been single-handedly bringing you Britain's Got Talent, if you watch the live <laughs> shows of that. And I just went home from uni for a few days. We've all been very busy. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say single-handedly, but uh, yeah, I had a great time on that. And uh, yeah. You ran the show, right? It, was, it, was, it wouldn't have happened without you. Okay, Dan, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely didn't. We'll say you did. We'll say you did. Um, we've we've missed a lot. We've missed a lot. We didn't do a Monaco review because we were all in various different places. So we'll briefly talk about that, and then we'll cover the news, and then we'll move on to Baku. And we were recording this during FP2 on Friday, so we can speak a little bit about what's going on in the day. What are your thoughts on Monaco? Obviously, Perez did very very well. Charles did slightly less well, and Schumacher did even less well than that. Um, well, I never really got to see the whole race itself, um, and out of all races to miss, in a way, it's kind of good that it was Monaco, uh, okay. if it was all weekends that I could have missed. However, I do not like the talks that it's not going to be on the calendar in the future. That is bugging me very much. Actually, before we continue, what do you think about that? Do you think it should remain on the calendar? Yeah, in a word, but I think they need to change it slightly. Like, I don't know if you can move... Yeah, the I know chicane what you mean. in like the last third down a bit more to create a longer straight out of the tunnel. They need to do something, but I don't want to see it leave the calendar because, it, you know, I'm very old and boring and I just like traditional race circuits. I'm not old at all, but I'm boring. I was say. And I like traditional <laughs> race circuits. Um, so, no, I don't want to see it go, but I think it does need to be changed a bit because otherwise it will just become sort of more and more untenable to keep its place. What do yeah, you think? Yeah, because it's always. Well, there's always been the talks of like, oh, it needs to change and the things, you know, the track, it, it isn't the best of racing. There's no lie about that. But because of the history of Monaco and as well, just just the aesthetic of them driving around the streets, it's just something that you will never get anywhere else. Yes, we're in Baku this weekend and it is a street circuit, but to drive Formula One cars down these narrow streets of Monaco in a very like kind of if you want to say place that you don't really hear much about in general for other sports um, and things like that you can't get rid of it you just can't so I really hope that Formula 1 can find some like you know some compromise or you know find a way we can make a deal to continue because yeah it's a sport about money we are going to places like Vegas and Miami and things like that but no we, we can't leave Monaco I'll be absolutely furious and I know a lot of the F1 community will be furious as well. But going back to the race, interesting, <laughs> interesting, in interesting race in the sense of they red flagged and then they went and then they red flagged again because of the rain. I forgot all about that. Yeah. That's literally, but just, yeah. yeah. Originally, when they red flagged it, I was like, why? Like, they definitely could go racing. And I know Martin Brundle on Sky Sports F1 was going, just let's go. And then it tipped it down. And I was like, okay, like, fair enough. <laughs> okay. Um... But, yeah, I have to say, heartbreak for Charles Leclerc. Um, it just seemed like the strategy and the way Ferrari played it did not play out well. They pitted him, and then they told him to stay out, but it was too late, he was in the pits already, and then um, that, that left him in P4. But massive congratulations to Checo. Definitely, I think there's a sort of like redemption, and they had like the bit between his teeth from Spain, the race before that, um, and I think it's kind of put him maybe as a bit of a contender. Could you say? I mean, he had a phenomenal weekend. It was like props he really to him. Did. He's had a brilliant, brilliant weekend, um, and then his new deal, new two-year deal, was announced, which we'll get onto in a bit. But yeah, you know, Charles is broken his Monaco curse in the sense of finishing a race. He's that is the positive. Probably could have won it, maybe. But yeah, he kind of got a bit stuffed over by the Ferrari strategy. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a good... It was As far as Monaco kind of goes, I don't think it was too bad. No, I mean, I can't almost say too much because I never got to actually watch it fully. Um, 
but from the what I did with single-handedly see... running the Britain's Got Talent show. <laughs> you need to stop. <laughs> <I'm joking>. um, <laughs> I did actually get to watch a little bit, but um, yeah, not too much. But from what I did see, it was great to see that they were able to follow each other so closely, almost scarily closely. Like, they were right up each other's butts, if you want to say. Like, really, not like that, but you know what I mean? Like, Let's keep it clean. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I mean. Oh, no. Um... <laughs> Yeah, it was it was interesting, and obviously Carlos did have a good go. And actually, quick shout out to Pierre Gasly. That was a really good move that he did right before um, the hairpin. Do you remember? I just he wish dived... people could see you right now. It's just moving your arms around, <laughs> trying to describe the it's track like the you're ho- conducting an orchestra. <laughs> the hotel hairpin, right? Am I wrong? Yeah, maybe. I can't remember, to be honest. He dived in front of Joe. I'm sure it was Joe. Yeah, it could have been. Right, well, basically, Pierre Gasly was on fire on that point. That's cool. All I felt really say. bad for Joe anyway, because his qualifying was completely ruined by the red flag. He was about 10 metres away from the line and get set in a time quick enough for Q2, and then the red flag came out. Um, stupidly as well, it was Yuki that caused the red flag for something that just didn't need a red flag. Just a tiny bit of debris, just didn't need a red flag at all. Um, back to the FIA, yeah, I think they played it a bit unnecessarily safe with the red flag. I think they made the right decision to delay... The race but then they kind yeah. of kept delaying it and you could have started it before then they've got a rolling start i at least thought they were going to keep it for a standing start and then no mm. it's a rolling start starts the only good thing about monaco after that it's boring starts interesting <laughs> and then we lost that so never mind um mick schumacher had a very heavy crash which actually wasn't quite as bad as the damage makes it look but it's not good when he's kind of made a lot of high profile mistakes already this year he needs to kind of scrub up a little bit heading into Baku in the nicest possible way to Schumacher. You know, I love him, but he's having a difficult time. It's it's a bit of like a turbulent, if you want to say, time for Schumacher because there's been a lot of high points this season of him being agonisingly close to getting points. Well, he's been so, so close to getting points a lot of times this season. And you know me and my predictions. I'm constantly like, oh, this is it. This is the week. Um, it's true. And then, and then he doesn't. Um, and then, yeah, I I just saw the images of of the crash, and I immediately texted my dad who I knew was watching. I was like, "Whoa, is he okay?" Because I just saw this car in half, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's fine." And everyone I spoke to after, like, no, it was really like not that bad. Um, but that has a lot of damage. That has a lot of money. I'm sure to repair. Um, and I don't think he's guaranteed for his seat for Haas next year, am I right? I don't think he's... I think you are. Yeah, I don't think he's guaranteed at all. Yeah, I think it's so... Ferrari Junior sort mm. of contract will save him. Well, that's maybe. the thing. Obviously, his name, his profile, and his Ferrari contract, he doesn't deserve to leave the sport, but all I'm trying to say here is, is like, he needs to try and just keep finishing races and not crashing yeah. or making mistakes like that, just to definitely, as well, ensure his future within, you know, the team's... Um, and yeah, it's. I, I, I look at the end of the day, he walked away completely fine, and that was the main thing. So I'm very, very pleased. Um, but I still think he's gonna score points this year, hundred percent. Maybe this. This week, year, I thought we were say this week. Yeah, well, hopefully he does this year. Well, yeah, he should. Um, but I mean, I don't want to say this weekend because who knows? Yeah, fair. I think the only thing that's saving him from a lot more criticism is his surname. I feel like if his surname wasn't Schumacher, he'd be under a lot more sort of pressure than he is is that fair or am i being really harsh there because you look at like the tifi everyone's saying he's been horrendous this year which he has he hasn't been great but (laughs) it's not like it's not like schumacher's been a lot better it's like (laughs) k-mag's got what 14 15 points in the same Mm. car at least our one's only got like two compared to the tifi yeah, I know what you're saying. Like he has had a torrid year so far, and I don't like bashing Schumacher because I do love Schumacher, but yeah. Yeah, I guess only time will tell, really. Um, he's more than capable. We know how fast he is. Um, yeah, I just think he's just got to iron out those creases, and uh, yeah, he'll get there. Also, a point that I saw someone else said quite a few weeks ago, actually, but thought we'd bring it up now. If K-Mag wasn't in that house and it was still Mazepin we'd probably still think it's the worst car on the grid. Because obviously Mazepin's performances are guaranteed to be worse than Schumacher's. Um, 
and Schumacher's not exactly doing well. So <laughs> they probably wouldn't have scored points this year. Uh, is that fair? Yeah, I, uh, I guess. But, you know, like I say, Schumacher's still been on the cusp of getting points multiple times. Obviously, he's yeah, going to get it in Miami. Tottenham have been on the cusp of getting trophies for years, but I still get abused for it. It's like, he's so close yet so far. He needs to get in the points. I know. Anyway, let's move on, Dan. Let's move on. Um, let's, talk about, <laughs> let's talk about Pierre Gasly. We kind of mentioned him. Perez has signed a new contract with Red Bull now until 2024, which kind of poses a question of what next for Gasly? He's always said that he'd be quite open to move back to the senior Red Bull team. And that's kind of just closed the door in his face. Helmut Marko has gone, do you want to come through? And then slam the door just as he's got there. So now mm. what? Aston when Seb retires, McLaren when Ricardo leaves. Like what next? Gasly. Hamilton retires, you go to Merck. You know, there's options. But yeah. Red Bull aren't a kind of a you know, they're not gonna be like how can I word it? I'm wording this horrendously. They're not gonna be an organization that just say, Okay, yeah, you know, you can leave you know, go off to a team to benefit your career. They'll wanna keep hold of him in Alpha Tower because he's a bloody good driver. But that's not good for Gasly. No, well, that's the thing, especially this year, the car is not performing like it was last year. You know, Pierre Gasly was in the top six many times, and this year, n- yeah. nowhere been near. He's been struggling almost to get points at times. Um, and speaking with F1, um, he has said that it's not a question of looking outside or looking anywhere else. His contract is pl- pretty clear with Red Bull. Um, and with its ongoing conversations with Helmut Marko, um, he understands why Sergio has been chosen and, you know, why he's continued. He's been competitive since the start of the year. He's such a good teammate for Max. He plays the team game and things like that. Um, so it does seem like, you know, Gasly has that understanding, but he's still very much looking at Red Bull, which I do find almost problematic because Red Bull are going to stay with, you know, now Checo and Max till like, you know, 2028, I think Max is. Um, and we all know they're not getting rid of Max anytime soon. <laughs> um, and I think I heard somewhere that like when Hamilton would retire, like Pierre Gasly could be in Mercedes. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's kind of just one of those... It could be one of those stories that we would look back on in years' time that we're just kind of like... It, it, like his career is kind of just... It's like a shame what because I've met... I, in the sense, yeah, what could have been in the sense of he needs, he definitely would need to go up to the next level, but that next level is not really being opening. And obviously, as time is going on, he's getting older, and then the younger people are going to start coming in. So that's going to be more sought after because then they're the future generation and all of that. And I just feel like we might lose his, like, the peak of his performance, and then it's too late, if you know what I mean. I don't know if I've explained that very well. No, I think that's fair. I think that's fair because he is too good for that car. There's, you know, 100%. as much as he, he's kind of being beaten by Yuki this year, but his performances last year have shown he's too good for that car. Um, I think the development of Alpine will be interesting because obviously Ocon's got links with Mercedes. So if Ocon True. can sort of comprehensively beat Alonso this year, which at the moment he is, I know it's early, yeah. but. Mercedes might say when Hamilton retires, look, we'll just bridge the gap for a couple of years, wait for Vesti or someone to mature a bit, we'll stick Ocon in the car for a couple of years, wait for Frederick Vesti to win F2 and then stick him in, because Ocon's obviously got Mercedes links. And then could Gasly move to Alfa Tauri, uh, sorry, to Alpine alongside Piastri? Like, that's another option, because mm. he's French and Alpine like a French driver. If Ocon's not there, they'll need a new one. There's options for him, but it's just There's how many awkward options. Red Bull want to be. And that's the thing. I think it needs his options need to be outside of the Red Bull pool. Obviously, mm. he's in AlphaTauri, which is great. It's a Red Bull team, but then apart from Red Bull itself, there's no progression. Um, he definitely should not be leaving the sport, which I'm sure is not his intentions no. or even on his mind. But then there's the you know there's the talk of maybe when Daniel Ricciardo leaves, he could go to McLaren or like we're saying Mercedes maybe or. Something like that. It's really hard to say. I just really hope that he will be able to catch his break because you know when he was in, when he was in Red Bull, that time I don't think he was. I think they kicked him out way too soon, way too soon before he was even able to get through it. But also the pressure that 
is in that team is immense. Yeah. And especially like why I think Checo is such a good fit is that he already has all those years of experience compared to like when Gasly was in the team and Albon. Um, Max, you know, he seems he's one of those drivers that seems to be another level. But at least with Checo, he's had all this experience within F1 and motorsports. So, yeah, it's a, it was a shame that that's the way Gasly's time in Rebel played out. But maybe, you know, never say never. It could happen um, in a few years' time. But I definitely think he should maybe consider other things. Yeah. But for next year, I don't know. I don't know. No, no. I think Perez definitely deserves that, that Red Bull contract. 100%. There's no kind of arguing that. No. I think the problem is, as well, for um, Helmut Marco, Red Bull, the F2 grid is like all Red Bull drivers. There's like six yeah. or seven of them. And there's a good sort of what? You've got Vips, Lawson, that could definitely make the move to F1. Deruvula, he's still Red Bull. He's doing quite well this year that could make the move to F1. They've got so many drivers and not enough seats. Mm. And I kind of. I feel it's wrong if Gasly just stays in that AlphaTauri team because it is the junior team for the Red Bull. So if Red Bull say, if Red Bull know he's not going to get in the senior team, you know, it's, it's like if Mercedes kept George Russell at Williams knowing he would never move into Mercedes. Yeah. Everyone would be sat at home going, why have they done that then? That's just unfair on Russell. Well, that's unfair the thing. On Gasly. Um, and I do feel like Gasly is almost being forgotten about. Like you say, like you know, George has got that promotion, and let's be real, he's proven himself beyond belief. Yeah. And I just feel like Gasly needs that break. But with people like Alonso, no offense to him, staying in the sport, that's taking yeah. away that opportunity. It was a little bit like what I was saying, you know, with Kimi Raikkonen last year. I love Kimi, but with him, kind of, you know, he's not going to be championship contender. He's just having a little drive about. Which is what I feel like. So with him gone, at least has brought in the opportunity for show and like Bottas still, you know. Um, and as much as I love Alonso and he still believes he could be a championship contender, I just don't see that happening. Mm. And I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve to be there because, you know, like if I'm looking right now at FP2, he's P5. Yeah. Um, and he's really like performing amazingly this year. But it's just if we're thinking about the future of F1... It's like, yeah, it's my argument again. Like I say every time, we need more teams. <laughs> no, yeah, we, we do. And it's, 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 you know, so it's so painful. It's so hard. It's so hard with so many drivers. It's such a co competitive sport just to get into in general, let alone, um, yeah, I just don't know what to say. It's just heartbreaking. I don't know what to do. No, no, yeah. God, you sound distressed. Um, ah! Fair. I mean, there's no, there's no guarantee Ricardo's going to be here next year. There's no guarantee that Seb's going to be here next year. So, I mean, but Aston Martin's kind of a bit of a sideways move for for Gasly. Yeah, I don't know, know if he'll particularly want that one. McLaren would be an upwards move, but I just can't see Red Bull letting him leave driver program. Anyway, let's move on from Gasly. Um, but it's definitely a story to follow for the next few months. Keep your eyes into peeled. The next few years. Um, Let's talk about the FIA president. He's been saying a few things that have caused a little bit of a stir on social media recently. Um, obviously, we've seen in F1, we've seen you know Seb doing all this fantastic Seb stuff for the environment, for the LGBT community, everything. You know, Seb just being Seb being a legend, really. Um, but yeah, the FIA president was sort of said that how F1 shouldn't be dragged into politics, um, and then said it's not an exact quote. But he said something along the lines of. Prost and Alda only cared about driving. Now Vettel drives a rainbow bicycle, Lewis is passionate about human rights, and Lando addresses mental health. Uh, it's just not great to be saying, is it, when you know you head up this organisation that's trying to do good, the drivers have taken it upon themselves to you know make a change and use their platform. If you're there then kind of going, it's distracting them from racing, they should be focusing on racing. It's not great. Right, strap yourselves in, guys. I'm on a rant. Um, <laughs> um, I am actually quite shocked by this statement um, because, you know, as we've seen, the FIA have, you know, they had their, um, what's it got? Oh, my God, I've gone blank. What's their race initiative last year? We race as one. That's it. I was like, race to something. I was like, that's gone wrong. We <laughs> race as one. They have that initiative and they're saying how they want to, you know, increase diversity and sustainability and all these things. And with the current climate that we're in, I just 
cannot believe that he would say something like that, mainly because obviously F1 drivers are obviously have been given a huge platform, especially with social media these days as well, compared to what it was like, you know, when Lauda and Pross were driving. That was not really around. Um, and given this platform, it's incredible that Lewis Hamilton is talking about human rights issue. It's amazing that Seb is increasing the conversation about climate change and you know human rights issues once again and lando's opening up as a sportsman about his mental health because not only is that really important to talk about but it's incredibly inspiring for future generations and the younger generation to feel like they can do that but even for older generations if you're seeing like you know a 20 something year old um driver who you think, oh gosh, like, you know, he's so rich, he's so happy, look at his lifestyle, but he's going, no, look, I struggle with mental health, you know, things can be tough. That is incredibly, incredibly strong and vulnerable to be sharing with the world. And for him to kind of be slating that is ridiculous because as well, that increases the publicity for the sport because if you're seeing sportsmen talk about such prevalent issues within our society at the moment, that will then make people think, oh, well, look, I really like that driver for doing that. You know, we saw Seb on Question Time the other week. Yeah. A German driver on BBC talking about Question Time. He did about all these issues. on that as well. And it was amazing. And it's, it's just, once again, just like, it is good publicity, if you want to see it like that way, for the sport. Because it's just showing that these sportsmen are so... Like, you know, they really have a good knowledge of what's going on in the world at the moment, not just, I drive a car really fast and blah, 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 blah. Um, and I just, yeah, I just can't believe you would say something like that. And I think it's great. And I think they should keep doing what they're doing uh, because I think there's a lot more people supporting it than just that FIA president saying those comments. Yeah, I think that is, I don't really have a lot to add to that. I think you've summed that up pretty well. Yeah, Thank mic you. drop. I think, <laughs> you know, there's so many drivers on the grid that are doing their, their bit to make a difference. You, I mean, all of them, really, in their own way. You've got, like, Seb Lewis Lando. You've got Bottas shell, uh, selling his bum to make money for charity. Yeah. Or whatever floats your boat. Um, but, yeah, it's, I feel like... I don't know if it's been taken out of context, but to see that written down is a bad look. Cause, 100%. You know. But it's not yeah. like, you know... Even on the F1 weekends, it's not like they just go around shouting about these things. They're still extremely professional. Yeah. They still talk about their racing and they're passionate about that because that is their job. Um, but as an added bonus with the exposure that you have and the way Formula One is getting, you know, with Drive to Survive on Netflix and social media and all these, you know, it's getting into like mainstream media, like, you know, getting on magazines, TV interviews and things like that you're gonna mention things, you know, you're gonna try and do stuff to then as well, you're gonna increase your relatability with people. Cause you'll look at, you know, even within football and stuff, if you hear people talking about issues that you think, oh, I had no idea. Like you see them as more human. You think, oh my gosh, yeah, like I, I relate to that and things like, and like, you know, you hear actors, like anyone. So it's just a bit ridiculous. If that is what he meant and that's definitely, you know, if that was what he was aiming at, him to kind of be saying oh no they shouldn't really get into politics because i think in general you can't escape politics from anything you know we're constantly surrounded by it even if you want to talk about the russian grand prix it's just you can't always escape it yeah no yeah very fair point and no normal human is sat on their sofa at home going oh my god seb's ridden a rainbow bike into the paddock today he's never going to be able to drive at the same level again it makes no difference of course there's going to be some people going to have the opinions and have homophobic attitudes and stuff but that's the people that he's almost doing it for as well to be like look and going against it and shouting about it because you know we can all have our as well we all have our own opinions and deserve to be shared hence why we're on this podcast chatting about everything (laughs) Seb speaking out has definitely helped you know probably tens of thousands of people. Lando's mental health chat that he's done on this morning and loads of other things has 100% helped people out that were suffering with it. You know, Lewis just being a legend with all these human rights stuff has helped people out. The exposure that he's (laughs) given... Lewis being a legend. (laughs) That he's given to that. It's like, uh, there's no bad in it at all. 
you know, Seb's still probably getting the maximum out of the car. Hamilton hasn't quite clicked with the car, but the car's not what it was. That's they're not, not driving fault, at a worse it? level. <laughs> it's like it's nothing to do with anything that they're doing outside of the sport. So I think to kind of link the two is is different. Like if Lewis Hamilton was out till five AM on Saturday night campaigning and then raced hungover, make the point. Well, that's, but he's not. Well, he's that's not the thing, that's what I was gonna say. It's not like these people are being seen in the media for having bad attitudes, you know, like you say, yeah. like going out partying really late and then there's like pictures of him in the papers the next day. Um that would be worse if you want to say like back to James yeah. Hunt. <laughs> That's a fair point actually, yeah. You know, like looking like that. At least they're talking about really good issues mm. and actually raising awareness for topics that, you know, some people might not have even thought about, um and stuff like that. So keep going, guys. <laughs> fair, yeah. Fair. Um, yeah. Right. Let's move on. But hopefully we don't have to talk about things like that in that kind of manner again for a, a long time. Um, there's a new F1 movie that's been commissioned, starring Brad Pitt. Lewis Hamilton involved <laughs> in the producing of it. Have you heard about this? Yeah, and I didn't really know what was kind of happening, but I know it's going to be on Apple TV at some point. Yes. Yeah. Do you know any more about it? Not really, I just thought I'd mention it. It's a big bit of news, it's quite exciting. Um, it's directed by <laughs> Joseph Kaczynski, who directed the new Top Gun uh, Top Gun Maverick film. I don't know if you've seen that, but that's really good. And the action sequences in it are really good. And he's very sort of ambitious with the stuff that he does in movies. So it bodes well for a, yeah. another high-action adrenaline-style film. And from what I've seen, Lewis Hamilton's main... Uh, part of it is obviously making sure that it shows the sport in its true form. That it's yeah. how it's, you know, like you kind of still making sure that it's real with its real heritage and the history behind it, but also like, you know, the true racing spirit. Um, but also like making it highly like action and entertaining. But he also has put as well um, that he's making sure that the cast and crew in the background is diverse, which I also rate once again. Um, because we all know that that is something that needs to... Mr. President won't be happy. He won't be, but it's something that needs to keep being pushed for, yeah, you know? Um, and, yeah, I just think it's a really exciting, if you say, like, is it business venture for Lewis? I'm not sure if that's the right word, but I just yeah. think it's something that's... It's, if you're making a film about Formula One or just, like, you know, racing... You've got to use what you can get. And obviously, we all know Lewis has such a passion for the arts. So, you know, he loves his music producing and things like that. And he wants, I think you've heard, you know, he wants to maybe do stuff with acting once he retires. I think I heard, um, you know, he was in Cars. Yeah, you know, he's a big time yeah. actor. Lots big of time actor. drivers are in Cars. Indeed. See, we've had we've had Vettel. We've had Alonso, I think, you know. High. It's high profile. Cars is elite. Yeah. Anyways. Great film. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I just think it's great. That way, it will have more authenticity, and you know he will call out anything and be like, "Oh no, that doesn't really happen," or things like that. Because you know, like Rush for everyone as well. Like Rush has really shown a lot of people about Formula One, but then he also taught a lot of people about Louder and James Hunt back in the day. Um, and that film does get referenced quite a lot by people of their knowledge of Formula One. I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's quite exciting. Yeah, it is not for out for a couple of years, but it'll be good when yeah. it comes out. Uh, right, let's move on to Baku. That's happening this weekend, Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Um, we kind of mentioned Schumacher earlier, saying that he needed a good weekend. In FP1, he had a massive water leak, which cost him sort of 90% of the session, which doesn't really bode well for Schumacher. He's currently plumb last in FP2 with 18 minutes to go. As I say that sentence, that might improve. I'll let you know if it does. But I just I can't figure out what's going on with Mick, because he had a good year last year, probably helped by the fact that the driver he was up against was poop. Um, so he kind of looked better than he was. But he was so good in F2, and he, he kind of came out in the week and said, the new cars make my second year of F1 feel like a first year of F1. I kind of like, yeah, oh. it's kind of, sounds like he's making excuses at this point. I was like, come on, come on, Mick. Um, yeah, I mean, he only got to do three laps in fp1 compared to all the other drivers doing around 20 to 25 was the margin that everyone was doing um and yeah like dan said he is currently last um i uh, 
yeah, I don't really know what to say. Because obviously you can't really say too much about practice. Yeah, in the yeah, sense no, of, of it's not always representative. However, it's not great. Not a great start to the weekend for uh, Schumacher. But sometimes this this could be a good thing. I'm going to look at it positively. This is manif manifestation at its uh, finest here. Um, he could have a really bad day today. They sort it out tonight. And he comes in tomorrow for practice and qualifying with a new Schumacher. And he might back on it. Because, you know, like you're saying, it, yeah, the car is difficult. However, we have seen so many glimpses, um, like highlights this season showing his potential. You know, he's got in Q3. He's been so close to the points many times. He finished like P11 and things like that. So I do think that he's just got to cling on to those positives and then, you know, try and block out everything else that's happened negatively at the moment. But it's so easy for me to say. Yeah, it's easy for us when we're not sat in the F1 car. And he's on a lap now on the soft tyres, literally as we speak. So that sentence that I just said might be completely irrelevant about him being plum last. Um, we've got about 10 seconds till he crosses the line. But, you know, I hope he can do well because it would be a shame to lose him from the sport if Hass did drop him. He's P19, actually. Oh, yeah, I've just he's seen P19 that. now. And he is ahead of Latifi. So there you go. See, my manifestation worked. Get in. <laughs> Are we really lowering our standards to P19? You're actually We're jumping up We're not lowering it, but he's not plumb last, is he now? See? Well, that's Small true. manifestations. Small manifestations. Yeah, fair. Okay, cool. Let's move on. A <laughs> um, bit more of an overall preview of Azerbaijan. That length is 3.73 miles, 20 corners, 7.6 metres wide at the castle section. Very narrow. 78 gear changes per lap. There's an interesting stat for you. Uh, and pole Go is on, on the outside of turn one. The, the races in Baku are kind of... Everyone, you know, says, oh, they're incredible, I love this track, we need to go there every year, it's amazing. I, I don't want to be a party pooper, but they're never kind of that good. They're just made to look very good by individual moments. Where it's like, the yeah, race last year would have been absolute poo if Max's tyre hadn't have blown up. Nothing well, happened really last year. It really did plateau, didn't it? It just... Yeah. Everyone like, I know Stroll had a crash, stayed. but that was it. But that's yeah, what I mean, like, happened. from that lap to the end, really, nothing really happened for, like, half, like, nope. you know, 45 minutes or something, and it did get boring. So when Max, and it was really right by the end, when Max had the tyre blowout, then we had a mad sprint to the finish. Was it one racing lap, or was it two? Two, I think. I think it was two. Um, so then that made it exciting, but apart from that, not really. Yeah. yeah, I think that's fair. 2019 was pretty boring. Bottas kind of led lights to flag. Ricardo backed into Kvyat, and that was about it. That was 2018. Again, it didn't have loads of drama. We had Bottas had was a puncture on two Red Bulls the final lap. Yeah, yeah, we had that and that. But again, you know, it's moments of drama in Baku, which it produces. But the racing itself isn't fantastic. It, you know, when you finish like a Bahrain race, there's kind of lots of overtakes everywhere. And I'm like, that was a good race. I've never really thought that about Baku. I've always kind of gone, that was a dramatic race. However, what I can itself. say is we have seen, obviously, this year the new cars that you can follow much close, much closer, not much closelier, much That's closer. Um, and with that sector three, with that huge long straight, and if the cars are able to get, you know, close enough with the DRS, I think we could be seeing a lot more overtakes and a bit more on-track action. And that is my hope. That is my hope. I mean, they got a long enough straight for it. What is it, well, two kilometres I mean. long or something crazy like that? Yeah, and they're going over 200 miles an hour. So um, with the hope that they are able to follow each other closer, I think we could maybe be seeing a bit more overtakes and on-track action. Um, yeah. And I'm intrigued to see good. how... Yeah, I'm intrigued to see as well how the tyres play out, as we have mentioned. We had two tyre blowouts with Lance Stroll and... Um, uh, Max Verstappen and it did kind of come out of nowhere like none of the teams mm. expected for those to happen it wasn't a necessary puncture as such it was to do with the tyre temperatures and the air pressure I believe wasn't it or am I making that up something like that yeah I can't remember it was something exactly. like that um, so yeah I'm intrigued to see how it's going to play out um, right now the current temperature is 23.5 Celsius so you know it's pretty warm um 
I'm going to assume, you know, tire temp uh, the track temperature is maybe around 40, I'm guessing. I'm purely guessing. Don't um, yeah, and we have seen that the tyres this year are maybe having a bit more of a tyre degradation compared to last year. They are having to do more pit stops. I don't know if it's because of how big they are now. We're the 18-inch compared to 13. So, yeah, there's a few things that we've got to look out for, and I'm intrigued to see how it's going to play out. Um, and I'm hoping it's going to be a more exciting race. So am I. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, sort of high 20s all weekend. There's no threat of rain. Um, the tyre blowouts, Pirelli have made sure that, you know, that they, they've kind of, they bought the softest tyres to Baku last year and the tyres blew out. So Pirelli have made sure that won't happen by bringing the same softest tyres to Baku this year. Um, but obviously there's slightly different tyres. <laughs> they're, they're bigger, different durabilities. So we'll see what happens with that. Hopefully that there's no more tyre blowouts. Thank you. But I wouldn't see... <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised to see a three, two or three. It wasn't that funny, Jesus Christ. No, I wouldn't I be surprised to see I a two or three. You say, oh, I expect you to say, oh, well, yeah, they've got, they went one step harder this year. And then you went, they asked why they are on the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, same tyre, same softest tyre compounds. Um, I'm pretty sure anyway. I could be completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure well, they're on the I'm... softest tyre compounds. Um, but they're different tyres, as you say. The teams will know it might be a three-stop race. That's what no, I was going to say. I'm impossible. thinking three stop this year. I'm thinking three, because I think it was supposed to be two last year. But I think maybe, like as we've seen, uh, you know, some races this season, three stop's been pretty good for yeah. the strategy. I think Spain so. should have been a three stop. That was the quickest way in Spain, wasn't it? Tends to make so. it more interesting. Let's move on to some predictions for the Baku Baku? No, Azerbaijan Grand Prix. That's what it's called, isn't it? Azerbaijan Grand Prix. In Baku. Who do you think is going? It's in Baku, yeah. Who do you think is going to take pole? Um. Well, I'm I'm gonna go with the person who I think is on a roll at the moment. I'm saying Sergio Perez. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Just because he's on a roll, or any other reason? No, I just think that he is performing extremely well. I feel obviously last year he won. Yes. He did. I mean, look, Max and Lewis weren't really in the runnings <laughs> towards the end. However, these last few weeks, he's been on incredible form. And I think that he wants to keep that going. Oh, Stroll's And off. he's looking fast. Sorry, Stroll just went down the slip road in on the other screen that I've got. And I thought I'd say it out loud. Uh, yeah, Checo is looking very fast. I'm going to say Charlie Leclerc. Because why not? Nice. Because why I not? I don't okay. know why I called him Charlie. Um, no, Charlie Leclerc, I think... Could you're on that level. do well. As long as he doesn't have an I am stupid moment at the castle. As long I as he you know, keeps it on the track. But equally, I think we could see a surprise pole position Ooh. here. Because red flags happened in quali a fair amount. Oh my gosh, so, I forgot last year was Red Flag City, wasn't it? Yeah, so let's just say Hamilton it was like crosses five? the line first and goes purple. And then, Beautiful. I don't know, Sainz bins it into the wall. That was a random example. Nothing against Carlos Sainz. Hamilton could get on pole if there's not enough time to do another lap. So it's entirely possible that a red flag causes some carnage here. But I'm still going to say Charles Leclerc. But um, I'm just yeah. going to verbally say that saying, out loud 100%. just in case it happens. And then I can pretend that I knew all along. Um, podium. <laughs> who, are you, who are you putting on the podium? Um, so I would really like a mixed up podium, like oh. we've said. However... That is oh. not my prediction at the moment. Oh. I do believe that Red Bull are going to dominate, and I believe there'll be a Red Bull 1 2. So Ooh. I'm saying Verstappen, who will win. Uh, Perez, second, and I'll put Leclerc, third. Oh, okay, okay, interesting. If we're looking at last year, they were strong already, and we're looking at their form this year. It's pretty good. So, yeah, I think it's going to be Red Bull 1 2. And I've gone with Max first, though. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Leclerc. I'm gonna back in to go lights to flag. I'm then gonna go, go Perez, on. and then I'm gonna go Ooh. Sainz in third. You know, Ooh. you know, big up Carlos. I like that. Um, that is because one of my bold predictions is a max DNF, so I can't put him on the podium. Nice. I then say that he's going to retire. Um, so spoiler yeah. alert for one of my bold predictions: max DNF. Um, who's your positive <laughs> surprise? Who do you think will be a positive surprise anyway? Um, I'm going a bit different more than who I think. So I've kind of really 
I think is the word alluded onto it. Um, or mention it, I'll say. But I'm gonna just say like the new regulations as the positive surprise, in the sense of like I said. How do we well, judge no, that? <laughs> no, no. So I'm saying that there's gonna be more on track battles and overtakes, especially on the straight, because if they're able to follow closely, then I think that we'll see more passes. Am I allowed that? So I guess we just have to judge how good the race is as to whether that's correct or not. Mate, I don't, I don't, yeah. <laughs> but I just feel like the positive surprise should be that because like we're saying, there wasn't many overtakes even on the start finish rate. So okay. I'm thinking if they can overtake with DRS even as well as a factor, along with, you know, the better aerodynamics to follow, I think that um, that's going to be the positive surprise and we won't be going, oh, that was rubbish. Yeah, That's the vibe. Enough. I am going to say Gasly, because I think he'll be driving with a bit of a point to prove to nice. Helmut Marco and being like, I'm too good for this car. So I'm going to say Gasly is my positive surprise for the weekend. I like uh, I've spoiled one of my bold predictions, Max DNF. What is one of your bold predictions? Um, So mine is based off looking at the uh, practice sessions today, but I'm going to say Alonso to finish in the top six. Okay. I don't know why I went to write that down. That's not mine. Yeah, fair enough. Um, is that not good enough? It's possible. No, it's possible. <laughs> well, I didn't really know what to say, react. to be honest. Why is that not more of a reaction? Because right now he's people. Because he's fourth at the moment. <laughs> so... Yeah, exactly. But if we're looking at both Red Bulls and both Ferraris up there, and then if you want to maybe chuck in a Mercedes or something like that, top six, that's pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Top six and higher. Probably going to say top six and a half. I was like, what? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's possible, you know. Alonso hasn't got that many points this year either, so he'll also kind of be driving with well, a bit of a point to prove. Well, I think it's a good prediction myself. So. so, no, no, I rate the prediction. Don't come out here saying that I don't rate the prediction. I, I just rate wanted the more of a reaction, Dan, that's all. Okay, do you want me to, like, cut all of that out? <laughs> we'll do it all over again, and I'll be like, what? oh, my God! <laughs> This is what he yeah. does. What's <laughs> um, yours? Go on. I don't know for my second one. Because I was going to say one that I said a couple of weeks ago, but I, I feel like that, that's them repeating it. So, oh, mate, I say Schumacher every other week. So go on. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say that the Mercs collide again. Oh. Because I feel like it's an, 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 oh, bless hard to say, an inevitability at some point this season. Really? Um, why? Yeah, I don't know. And Baku said a teammate collision crash before, so history might repeat itself. Just maybe not with the Red Bulls this time, maybe it's with Hamilton and Russell. Also, I wouldn't be surprised to see a Red Bull one later in the season, because if Perez stays in this fight, that's going to really annoy Verstappen. Because he's going to be like, hang on a sec, you weren't supposed to be challenging me. What's going on here? Mm. Get out of my way. Like, he won't be happy. And, you know, Perez will be like, no, mate, I'm ahead of you. I'm staying here. So that could get quite feisty as the yeah. season goes on. But for now, I'm going to stick with the Mercedes. Have a bit of a touchy-feely moment. Um, maybe, you know, I don't know. I've probably picked a really bad track for that because there's no gravel. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with you it. Go Why for not? it. Go for it. Um, I'm going to say... Three red flags in the race. In the race? Mm. Oh, that is bold. Yes, that's that the got more of a reaction. That got more of a reaction. Three red flags in the race. That's madness. What? What? Um. What do you think is going to cause them? Obviously, you don't have to say this as part of the prediction, but just out of interest. Um, I just kind of think it could be like maybe at least two of them could be like just a mistake, and they kind of like bin it in a wall, and it's more of like we can't safety car. We've got actually like stop the whole thing but then there yeah. could be one that is like an actual like collision of drivers mm. or something fair enough that i don't know because i was gonna say during quality but i just feel like in a way that's kind of a given um no, after last year yeah maybe yeah. not even like just three but i was gonna be like a oh, red flag and quality like it's just gonna be there'll be at least one let's be real because someone's gonna really be sending it and then as soon as you know they're their rears slip or something yeah Gosh. i think yuki has like rotten luck at this uh, had rotten luck at this circuit last year 
So that's not impossible. Yeah, we had Yuki, we had Daniel. Um, um, probably Stroll. I can't actually remember. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure we might have had an Aston Martin there. Um, uh, yeah, I just know there was. It was just one after. There the were other. a lot. Yeah, there were a lot of red flags. Um, I mean, I don't want that many red flags in qualifying this year because I don't. I it can't dedicate a... five hours of my time to qualifying. No, but it made it too stop start as well. So it kind of like ruined the like had you on the edge of your seat vibe because it kept might be like oh no we've got to wait again and instead of just like okay they've gone out of the outlap they're doing a lap they've come back in they're going out again like it's it disrupted that flow so um yeah it was but i'm gonna say 15 wasn't it red. last time yeah turn i don't 15 know if it was like a tailwind or if there chaos. was like a slippery part of the track or something because they were all doing it there there were four red flags in baku qualifying last year um mm. just to give you the actual number oh yeah Leclerc took pole didn't he I said that kind of as a bit of a he got pole comment earlier but that was kind of mad in last year's Ferrari because it was after after the Monaco pole exactly and that's when he couldn't obviously start Monaco and as exciting as this pole was his car was nowhere up to speed and he got passed by the Red Bulls and Hamilton quite quickly but this year I don't think that will happen obviously um in answer to our question about the red flags, the red flags were Stroll, Giovinazzi, Ricardo, and then a Sainz and Yuki collision last year that caused the red Go flags. On. Oh, but that was quite good memory, actually. We yeah, said was. Aston Martin, Ricardo, and uh, Yuki. It was. Um, and Bottas had an absolute stinker of a race last year. So I hope that he is slightly better there this year. Uh, FP2's just finished, Leclerc was quickest, Perez was Eppen, Alonso, Sainz, Gasly, Russell, Sonoda, Ocon and Norris complete the top 10. Alfa Romeo, 15th and 16th. Mm, Hopefully they improve that. They kind of had a pretty crap Friday all year though. Like, Bottas has missed a lot of Fridays and then popped it P6 in quality, so I still have faith. Um, I don't think it's a track that will massively suit their car because of the really long straight. But, oh, Sainz has gone off again. Um, But... Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, any final thoughts on Baku before we um, call it a day? More that I'm just I'm quite looking forward to it this weekend actually. Um, I think it will be good. I think it will be good. It's nice to return to this track. Yeah. Um, it's a really, really, really fast street circuit. Um, and like I said, my positive surprise. I do believe the cars will be able to follow more closely. So I'm intrigued to see what that equates to with the on-track action. Are you watching the race? Are you watching quali? Are you are you free I, this weekend? I won't be watching quali, but I will be watching the race. Oh, that's that's all right. That's all right. At least you're watching. So one that's of the them. main thing. It's the main yeah, thing. But, um, Qualifying is at three o'clock on Saturday, and the race is at twelve o'clock on Sunday. So don't much miss earlier. that one. Yeah, I heard that earlier. It was like ten thirty. The Sky's program starts, and I was like ten thirty. Well, that's crazy, what yeah. I'm finding interesting because obviously temperatures and. The track condition is different for quality compared Very to the different. race. That's a good point. Very yeah. Yeah. You're here for many other reasons. That's just an additional bonus. <laughs> um so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, no, I am That's I am it. looking forward to it as well. I think Baku will be really good. The F two is always quite good round this circuit as well. Uh Alpha Romeo have got a new livery, which I'm not massively feeling to be honest with you. Um oh, it's just kind and, of got a big green um, bit at the back. Uh, just a quick one. Mercedes also have like a rainbow um, kind of oh, yes. metallic thing uh, for their Mercedes uh, symbol on the car, which I believe is for pride as far as I'm aware. Yeah. Is it not? Yeah. Um, yeah. Which not only looks cool, but also a great message. So happy pride month. Yeah, absolutely. Good message to send out for Mercedes. Uh, from Mercedes, not for Mercedes. Uh, <laughs> also, just one quick thing to pick up on. Next week... End. That's a warm word. Next weekend, uh, we're in, we're in sorry we're in Canada. That's a trek and a half. Oh. There's not a week I off. I realised it was that that it's, that quick. I thought it was. Azerbaijan, boring. Canada. No, oh, it's sick. Happy Farmers Day. And then there's a week off, and then it's um, Great Britain. Oh my gosh! Already. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, Azerbaijan, Canada is is a weird, really weird logistical one. So yeah, that is a very strange day? one. Nineteenth, uh, so next oh, weekend. Right. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, so yeah, that's on Father's Day then. The Canadian Grand Prix. That's a late one. That's the the seven o'clock race start and qualifying is oh, nine till I like ten, that. which I prefer because it means you can get all excited for the day, all day. Uh, throughout yeah. the day, building up exactly. to 
the race, which I love. It's great. Um, but yeah, it's a really. I know they said that F1 were going to make more effort next year about trying to keep the calendar, so so they kind of do it in a more logical order. But that's a really weird planning. Baku well, Canada makes, without a week off. Well, it makes so much sense if it was Miami then Canada. Yeah, yeah, that makes more sense. Obviously, it, you know, way closer for starters. Um, or even if you had Canada late in later in the year, I don't know what kind of the weather's like during that time but you know if we were even in austin or if we're near mexico yeah it's still a bit of a trek but it's not like we're in europe then all the way back to canada yeah um so yeah very very interesting jam-packed yeah, header. so you always saying starts the european leg as well which i don't think it's done for quite a few years but yeah i mean this is the only real one where it's a bit of a confusion as to they're doing it in a weird order. Japan to the US is the only other one that's a massive trek, but there's a week off between them. So, yeah. okay, Weird old F1. But qualifying tomorrow, I'm very excited for that. Should be absolute chaos. Um, the race on Sunday, it should be really good. With more cars in the fight, you know, hopefully Baku will deliver. Indeed. Fingers crossed. Um, we'll hope Jay will join us for the review it'd be nice to get all three of us back together as you said at the start of the show it's nice to get back on the podcast it's been way too long since we last chatted it has been sorry I don't really know what you want me to say <laughs> cool cool <laughs> right. we love you, you Jay that's all Nick DeVries that's it there you go <laughs> Nick DeVries. Jay loves Nick DeVries we will try and get him on the podcast I w- we will try and do that um <sighs> Yeah, thank you all very much for listening. Please leave a five-star review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at underscore track talk. All that lovely stuff. Shah, sure, thanks for coming on and chatting about the Baku. The, the Baku? Uh, the Baku. Baku. The Baku. Chatting about the Baku. Um, what else do we talk about? Monaco in the news. So many things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fantastic um, outro. Really good outro. Yeah, I mean, you know what? It's been too long since we're on the podcast. I enjoyed yes. talking about this very much. I've, I, you know, I love motorsport and I love F1, so I'm very happy. Oh, good. So am I. Hashtag, so am I. We will see. Outro. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Floods of tears. Um, we will see everyone in just a few days' time for the Azerbaijan Grand Prix review, and then probably a rapid fire Canadian Grand Prix preview as well, seeing as we clearly don't have very long. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all very much for listening. We will see you very soon. Goodbye.